0: Welcome to another mini-episode of Coaster Kings Radio. I'm Ian O'Donnell. Last week, I discussed the short-lived cyclone at Magic Mountain. One of the causes of cyclone's many woes was its trains designed by Swiss manufacturer Bollinger and Mabillard, or BNM. This week, I'm taking a look at the first coaster these famous designers worked on, and one with lasting impacts on the coaster industry. Throughout the 1970s, Swiss company Intamin made a name for themselves selling various amusement park attractions, typically working with various subcontractors. One of these subcontractors was Swiss steel manufacturer, Giovanola. Giovanola was responsible for the design and manufacture of various Intamin rides, including the Freefall ride, or the Intamin first-generation Freefall as we know them now, first introduced in 1982. In 1985, two Giovanola engineers, Claude Mabillard and Walter Bollinger, would introduce a new type of roller coaster, as well as a new type of coaster track. Sold by Intamin, the quote-unquote space diver, was a compact 86-foot or 26-meter tall steel coaster design, which featured a series of hairpin-turning dives. These compact twists were achieved through two innovations— one was the utilization of a square track spine which allowed for a wider track than that typically found on tubular spines or straight across no spine designs on other steel coasters you remember our discussion on the corkscrew at um, knott's berry farm and how arrow perfected the idea of a central spine and theirs was a tubular circular one the next innovation was for cross seating the track was wider and the trains were wider, but four-cross seating meant that trains could be, cars could be shorter because each car could hold four people um, and still be shorter in one row. And this allowed trains to navigate more compact track layout that the Space Diver had. The Space Diver was, in essence, the first B&M coaster as we know B&M coasters today. A full-size prototype of the Space Diver was assembled, and this prototype was promptly purchased by Six Flags to introduce a Great America for the 1985 season. Named Z-Force, the ride was marketed as a new kind of coaster, and you can see why. This coaster looked totally different than the Schwarzkopf and the Aero coasters that people were used to. The ride was very well received, and its compact layout made it the perfect candidate for Six Flags' ride rotation program. Yep, it strikes again. After the 1987 season, Z-Force was disassembled and moved to Six Flags Over Georgia, where it would operate through the 1991 season under the same name, Z-Force. In 1992, Six Flags would move it to Magic Mountain, along with a new name, Flashback. Unfortunately, the consistent dismantling and reassembling would apparently take its toll on the ride experience, and the track rode much rougher at Magic Mountain than it had at Great America. Adding to the uncomfortable ride experience was the train design. These aren't the B&M sit-down coasters you know from Kumba. Um, Unlike the B&M kind of over-the-shoulder restraints that we see later on, the Space Diver cars featured both a lap bar and an over-the-shoulder restraint that was very, very hard and very uncomfortable. And also didn't feature molded seats, but a kind of flat fiberglass bench seat. This restraint and seating layout was essentially borrowed from Intamin's looping Starship ride. So if you've ever had the opportunity to ride one of those um, kind of swinging inverter ships, as they're called in Roller Coaster Tycoon, um, this is the exact same restraint system with that kind of non-ergonomic over-the-shoulder restraint and then that kind of uncomfortable and tight lap bar. The combination of uncomfortable and restrictive restraints and the coaster's reliance on sharp turns made for a mind-pummeling experience. Flashback operated for the next few years with little incident. But in 1995, Six Flags decided to enter the water park market by opening Hurricane Harbor at Magic Mountain and purchasing Wet n Wild in Arlington, Texas. Hurricane Harbor was built next to Magic Mountain's park entrance and much of the new water park was bordered by Flashback. Almost immediately, patrons and employees in Hurricane Harbor complained of the distracting noise caused by Flashback. Starting 1996, Flashback ceased operating while the water park was open. May through September, the flash flashback could not operate. This meant the ride was only opened for a short periods of time during the off season. And even during the parts of the year where it could operate, its operations were notoriously patchy. After 2003, the ride remained standing, but not operating until 2007, when it was eventually removed from the park with little fanfare. While it was never hugely popular at its final park, the removal of Flashback back did mark the end for a very unique and one of a kind coaster. Giovanola and Intamin had envisioned the space diver growing into a popular coaster production model. Unfortunately, the orders never materialized. BM's next project under Giovanola Int- for Intamin would be the stand up coaster Shockwave. Shockwave, as we discussed last week, opened at Magic Mountain in the 1986 season before being moved as part of Six Flags' ride rotation program, eventually ending its life at the now-defunct Six Flags Astroworld. Shockwave utilized the track and four cross-seating that had been used on the Space Diver, and the success of this stand-up model eventually would lead to b 1st independent coaster project, Iron Wolf, which opened at Six Flags Great America in 1990. While it never saw success as a coaster model, Flashback was an important piece of coaster history, and the base upon the continued success of B&M was founded. Thank you for listening. If you liked this mini-episode, please leave a comment or rating wherever you are listening. This series is a companion to a series of articles that are being released on thecoasterkings.com. You can find interesting articles, exclusive updates, and a wide range of theme park-related merchandise at thecoasterkings.com. For Coaster Kings Radio, this is Anne O'Donnell. Next week, we'll finally take a break from Magic Mountain, but not a break from uncomfortable and notorious steel roller coasters. Unlike Flashback, which marks the beginning of a major coaster manufacturer, our next subject marks the end of one. Join me next week as we take a look at Knott's Berry Farm's notorious failed racing coaster, Windjammer Surf Racers.